Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, your book club for movies. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. (laughs) This week on the show, we are kicking off Animated August, and we are reviewing the new Ninja Turtles movie, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, the movie that one letterbox reviewer called When the Group Chat Actually Hangs Out. This movie gives us a fresh version of the turtles and one where the teenage mutants actually feel like teenagers. We get to know the characters more and we see a version of April we've never seen before. Plus, we talk about the incredible animation style and just the long term impact that Across the Spider-Verse has had on movie making. Uh, And overall, I think we all feel that Mutant Mayhem is definitely worth the watch. That is right. You can watch the show to find out for yourself what our full thoughts were. And you can find us online at so many sequels.com. There you'll find our entire back catalog of episodes, as well as links to our social channels. Of course, we're on Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, all the fun ones. Um, and Patreon. You can find us there at so many sequels. Become a supporter of the show, and you can join our Discord to chat with us about movies and other fun things. Uh, so go check all that out at so many sequels.com. And without any further ado, enjoy the show. Well, that's what made this so great uh, for Garrett's birthday. We all, the whole original So Many Sequels crew, even Andrew, Mm -hmm. uh, all went to go see the movie we're talking about this week, Teenage Mm -hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. So I don't remember the last time all four of us got to see a movie that we uh, covered. So that was cool. Um, We'll talk about Mm -hmm. it later in the show. But let's go ahead and kick things off just talking about what we're doing this month. It's uh, animated August. We decided to do a whole month of animated movies uh, in August because of alliteration and because we haven't uh, done a series of, you know, animated. We've done some here and there, but we haven't done like a broad look at them. So we well, each, and also the uh, you know the quality of movies coming out in August as far as new movies. Well, little, that's true. Little sketch, a little, yeah. little, little uh, not true. there, little not there. We uh, we're kicking things off this week with the brand new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and then we each have a pick mm-hmm. for uh, an animated movie, and then I believe we are wrapping up with an audience pick. Are we? Is that is that a that thing? Was, that was something we definitely kicked around. I think that's still the plan. We could talk. Yeah, enough. why not? Let the fans have a face. We'll, we'll let, we'll let y'all pick. know once a once a vote is ready and where you can find that. But uh, yeah, for now. Oops, sorry. Uh, we're talking about animated movies. Um, we can't talk about you know all of them, but I think we each tried to pick one that was uh, sort of special to us in some way, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What? Uh, I'm curious what. Was what was each of your selection processes like? Oh gosh, because we what started went talking to your decision. Yeah, we started talking. Well, we talked about this. I feel like in May or maybe even January, we might have been first kicking around the idea because we we had a lot of fun last year with pick a pits for August. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so there was just something about, you know, there's something about, you know, throwing it to each of us and putting the pressure on, can we pick, you know, a fun or, or, or even like a bad movie to, to get the others to watch. But yeah. um, so I was definitely thinking, you know, I want to pick something good, but I wanted to pick something <laughs> it was either lesser praised or, you know, maybe was even forgotten about that it even come out. So um, I had come down to Coco and uh, Surf's Up for me. And I put, if you watch our, our video on YouTube right now, exclusive to YouTube, go subscribe. We can, you can see our, uh, let's talk about this a little bit more, but I picked Surf's Up. Uh, Coco is great. I recommend it to everybody who wants to go watch it. But I feel like Surf's Up is kind of a forgotten, uh, I would call it a gem. I don't know if you will call it a gem once you see it, but we'll we'll, we'll find out. Uh, good primer for uh, for. Uh, surfs up is the big Lebowski. So go check that oh, if you want to watch that. Yeah. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to your pick because I've never seen Surfs up, mm-hmm. so I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I wanted something that wasn't that no one no one would expect, or at least maybe you guys wouldn't expect. I don't even know what studio that is. What is it? I believe it's uh, Sony Animation. It's one of okay, Sony Animation's okay, first okay. movies. Well, they're on a hot streak lately. Yes. Um, okay. Well, what, what goes into your selection process, Garrett? What brought you down to your pick? Mine's very similar to David. Um, you know, it's uh, I picked The Great Mouse Detective. Um, it's uh, mm-hmm. also a lesser known, I feel like. It's very uh, a, a cult classic, I feel like. And for me, it came down to, you know, you could pick a big one. Uh, my rep- or my uh, We've talked often, either on mic or off mic, that my Pixar and my Disney overall um, repertoire that I've seen is not very strong. So I could have picked any, like, popular movie, I think, that would have worked. <laughs> But I like to show off a little bit of a dark side to Disney. I think mm-hmm. that most people think of Disney and they think of, you know, uh, family-friendly fun, uh, pop, bubblegum fantasy land. And The Great Mouse Princesses. Detective. Yeah, The Great Mouse Detective is a little darker, a lot scarier. Mm-hmm. It's got evil bats and Vincent Price, and it's very exciting and yeah, yeah. lightning-y. And it's one of my favorites growing up. And I, and I really yeah. do think it's an underappreciated one, so... I just wanted, to, and it's one of my favorites too. So I wanted to enjoy it. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting, uh, you know, behind the scenes details about it. So I think we can have a lot of fun talking about that one. And but Josh, you went, you went a bit of the other way with it. Yeah, I, I actually, I really like how our picks unfolded because I think we're gonna get to explore several interesting avenues. I went with Shrek, um, and. I never even really had a backup. Something just a few, uh, like a few days ago, I went, Shrek, it has to be Shrek. Yeah. I will review (laughs) Shrek for you. Um, And that's great. And it it seems so obvious because Shrek is such a cultural phenomenon Mm -hmm. uh, because it's only grown in in a lot of weird ways. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this, but as of this recording, did you guys see that last night at Tulsa's historic Kane's Ballroom was a Shrek-themed, like, club rage? No, I, I, I missed I it. I remember, I remember seeing uh, an initial Instagram post, and it was like, it's weird, but it's going to be fun, and you know you want to come. Like, they leaned into it, and, like, they knew what they were doing. So I did not see any pictures of it. I would love to. I, I regret that I didn't know about it sooner so that I could drag all of us there 
to experience it firsthand before we review the movie. But yeah, Shrek is Shrek is still Shrek is life, you know, uh, as the meme says. And it was also part of like a real weird cultural reset that happened in the early 2000s. This movie came out in 2001, um, shortly after 9-11, when everything else was weird. And then this uh, like pseudo raunchy kids fantasy movie comes out that hadn't done something like that before. And boom, explosion. So I'm excited to talk about Shrek for that reason. Um, And it's just always been a favorite. Still Definitely. Cool. I feel like it only could have come out in like 2000, 2001. Like yeah. if it had come out 10 years later, it wouldn't work. I mean, it still seems to be pretty beloved. <laughs> I oh, mean, if yeah. they're doing, if they're doing raves, uh, Shrek themed raves, I guess that's it's it. one of those. I feel like where everybody wants the culture and the memeability and the characters of Shrek to live on. But mm-hmm. I don't think anyone wants another Shrek movie. I don't. I do not want another Shrek movie. I just want the ones that we have. No, release but, them. Re-release them know, every now and then. Put them somewhere where we can go relive the magic that is the existing Shrek. But I don't but, want another one. No. What you're going to get is that we are steadily, within the next like 10 years here, we are approaching the 30-year gap of Shrek. So the people who are making movies in the next five to six years are going to be people who grew up watching Shrek. So get ready for the influence Shrek had on so that's many true. Man, creators. I'm excited for this episode because we're already talking about Shrek so much. Oh, it's true. I know. Yeah, this yeah. will be a good one. Um, okay, great. So, and then, yeah, uh, I don't know. We we might, like, go through some of our um, other picks that we didn't get to and collect them for a poll or something so that, or, or maybe we'll take submissions. I don't know. Mm-hmm. You should follow us, though, uh, on Instagram at mm-hmm. some sequels pod. Um, you can or, find us there on threads as well yeah. and on Facebook, but it seems like fewer and fewer people are on the Facebooks. It's true. Although so that might it, change. They might, there might be an influx back. You never know. But, but follow uh, also, us there and you'll yeah. find that poll information whenever we uh, post it. And then you can also, uh, join our Patreon, right? So you can get into our discord and be, yes. have extra influence. Yes. Do that at patreon.com slash so many sequels. Yes, that would be awesome. Uh, okay, yeah. Let's 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 get into the movie of the week. Yeah, you guys ready? We start talking turtles. Let's talk <laughs> talking turtles. Would be a great <laughs> um, Ninja Turtles after show, right? Hosted by right. Will oh. Wheaton, probably. Will Wheaton, yeah. Um, yeah. So, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles: Mutant Mayhem is the I don't know how manyth attempt. To relaunch a film like franchise the for these turtles, yeah, seven, I believe. Um, this is a like long and storied franchise. Um, started out as a comic book series that was really dark, and then became this bright and colorful, fun superhero cartoon that was mm-hmm. popular. Then we got live action movies that are still really beloved today. Then. We kind of veer off for, from for the turtles. We go through a weird Michael Bay phase. We have another weird offshoot animated, and now we're here mm-hmm. at Mutant Mayhem. A lot of directed videos in between, of course. Yeah, I'm yes. sure. What do you get? What, what's your guys' relationship with the turtles? Well, you know, we're all in our early 30s. We grew up with them in some way, shape, or form. It's true. Uh, so, what? Well, yeah, what's what's your relationship with the turtles? And how did you feel going into this? And then what'd you think of it? 
Yay or nay? Well, first of all, you can go review our previous uh, reviews. You mm-hmm. can go review them too uh, of all of the original. Yeah, we, Ninja we reviewed live yeah, action we ones. Yeah, you, we for, did you do forget. Those. You forget every movie you've seen. Apparently, I, you know. <laughs> yeah, twenty twenty yeah. pandemic prime. We watched. Uh, we watched Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one, two, and three. And yeah, you know I don't what? remember 2020 at all for a lot of traumatic reasons. So yeah, yeah don't yeah. give me we some block slack. That. We blocked that time. Oh, out. all we the slack. That time all out. the slack. <laughs> but that's a good reason for you to go watch those episodes. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, but I have always been a fan. I loved those movies growing up. I was a huge fan of the third one, which no one loves, but I did um, <laughs> because probably that was the first one that I saw, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is funny." Yeah. Um, I mean, if that's where you uh, start, loved, it only goes up. I know. So uh, I loved the Nintendo game growing up. I had the Nintendo game. Uh, that was so much fun to play. I had a lot of the toys. I watched the cartoon. You know, it was something that, like, as a kid was really um, ingrained, and then it kind of, like, faded out. It was still around, but it was like, eh, I'm not into this new version of it. Like, it seems like it's catered more towards kids. It's not towards me. That's cool. Mm. They can have their version. Um, the Michael Bay ones were better than they should have been. Ah, yes. Great. Love it. There you go. That is beautiful. They all got oh. the red, the, the red, the red, the red bandanas there, right? Uh, yeah, they're all wearing red on the uh, Nintendo copy of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the YouTube viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is mm-hmm. probably worth 50 cents. Beautiful. But no, so that was mine. I mean, I've always loved the turtles. Uh, Michelangelo was my favorite, I think. Cowabunga was my thing uh, as a kid, not as not as a, any version of of me that you all have seen. But you mm-hmm. know, it was fun to say, and Michelangelo was great, and you know, good good turtle times. All right, what about you, David? Um, similarly, you know, the turtles, for whatever reason, were just like the perfect idea that no one had really managed to think of before. They were just anthropomorphic ninja turtles and the cartoon was the cartoon the, the, like the 80s cartoons was still playing when we were kids so you watch that and then the movies had just come out and they were like these like for the for the for the five-year-old of the 90s they were these like gritty dark uh crazy living turtle people and then you go back and you watch them now and they're like wow this is some goofy stuff yeah. um but it, you know it was like the toys were everywhere, had, you know, had tons of turtle toys, uh, lost all their little, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, pieces that came with them. They're 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 uh, accoutrement, if you will. <laughs> and uh, and it was just um, I remember going over to a friend's house and they would have turtle toys that I didn't have. They would have um, a character that's in this movie. They would have. Um, oh, gosh, what was this? What was his name? Paul Rudd played him in this movie. Mongo Gecko. Mongo Gecko. Mongo, Mongo Gecko. Gecko. And I was like, this, I was like, he's a, he's a lizard ninja turtle. Like he had a roller skate on his tail. It was like the coolest thing, the coolest idea. So like it very much just appealed to the, your imagination as a kid for whatever reason. And then obviously you had knockoffs like street sharks uh, and things like that. Uh, they kind of tried sharks. to cash in on that same idea. I remember one time I brought my uh, Power Ranger toys to, I brought my, I think I brought my Yellow Ranger Power Ranger toy to show and tell, and some other kid brought a street shark, and he had the coolest toy of the day. And I was like, "Should have brought the Red Ranger, dang it!" You know, what a time to be a little kid into mutant stuff. It's true, um, and I will say that probably deeper into my uh, teen years than I should have, I was still into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. There was a, I mean, a new teenage. cartoon. <laughs> it's true. It's yeah, fair. there was a there was a second cartoon that was a little bit more like 
Batman the Animated Series level of of tone that came out in 2004, I want to say. And then there was this dog is digging through a pillow over there. Then there was an animated jet film, Josh, you mentioned called TMNT. It was just TMNT came out in 07. Um, it was it was also animated and it was kind of a predictable story, but it was it was different. It was, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't these big giant monster puppets. So it was so I appreciated it at the time. Anyway, I never really got into the Michael Bay movies, but I was really excited to do this. I brought wore my turtle green. And I was, so I was very excited to go see this movie with my best friends. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it, so I went with you guys. Ah, <laughs> there it is. There it was. Wow. <laughs> and, and I had a great time. Oh, man. Yeah, I had, I really loved Ninja Turtles growing up uh, a lot too. Somewhere there's a V, like a VHS home video of me getting the, the pizza wagon uh, mm. for, for a birthday, I think. Always loved the turtles. Um, I was really into that cartoon, that that animated show uh, from the 80s and early 90s. And then, you know, I I would say I kept up with it pretty, pretty the whole time, too, David. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if there were you mentioned the animated or the grittier style show. I don't think I saw that, but I did keep up with the movies. I watched TMNT. I thought it was fine at the time. The Michael Bay movies. <sighs> no. <laughs> just all around no yeah i um, saw the first one i don't think i saw the second one i i think i did but i don't remember if having any kind thoughts about it uh and then you know i thought well they're probably dead for a while <laughs> i <laughs> yeah. don't see this going anywhere anytime soon um so my expectations going into this where i guess i guess we're low but um you know optimistic because the trailers and stuff look really interesting mm-hmm. so i was I, i've been i've been excited for it um and i think it delivered for me me too yeah, so what what's I the plot of the yeah. movie so oh, yeah. let me pull it up right here on letterboxd <clears throat> after years of being sheltered from the human world the turtle brothers set out to win the hearts of new yorkers and be accepted as normal teenagers through heroic acts their new friend April O'Neil helps them take on a mysterious crime syndicate, but they soon get in over their heads when an army of mutants is unleashed upon them. Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. You know what I liked about this, just to start the conversation, is uh, it. that it didn't, you know, after having like my initial takeaways, uh, reflecting on it a little bit is that this movie did not rely too much on nostalgia. And I thought that was really, really nice. Um, looking at all of the turtle movies that we've covered in the past, looking at all of the versions, you know, and I can't comment on the gritty or Nickelodeon show because I, I have yeah. heard good things. I don't I know heard, if I've heard gritty. really good things just, about that. Yeah. I don't know if I've well, gritty. I, it was just more serious than the eighties version, yes. which was a farce. It was, it was, yes. it was really goofy. Yeah, but it's it, it relied so much on nostalgia and pizza and cowabunga and mm-hmm. like each kind of catchphrase that came along that they could print on, on T-shirts and stuff. And this one didn't do that. It really kind of gave a, a, a new uh, introduction to a different type of modern Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. And I think that's what was needed because all of those phrases are from the 80s and they're so <laughs> hardcore dated. And to try to keep relying on that mm-hmm. is not going to get you any new growth. And so... This one really felt fresh 
and gave you a nice bridge to a lot of the things that we are familiar with. You know, you get to see their uh, characters. They're, they are familiar, but updated. They say modern language, and that's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, they rely on kind of get, you get to know them more than you have in the other ones. And also, this one makes them feel like teenagers. You know, again, looking back at some of the other ones, they don't feel like teenagers, at least the movies. They feel like adults who uh are childish yeah (laughs) realistically that's what it is and these guys are these turtles are teenagers going through typical teenager things and it's relatable in a lot of different ways and they don't try to play on too many things they just deliver a really good story and so that was one of my biggest takeaways after thinking about it initial reactions animation's amazing uh super cool it is uh in my opinion, on the same level of the Spider-Verse movies, I think this animation stands out on its own. Uh, it makes it feel like a comic book. And I really like the way that they did um, the sketchbook live action or comic with some live action stuff. You know, the Ferris Bueller scene stands out where it like highlighted mm-hmm. the movie, but it was the live action part of the movie and yeah. then, um, the animation, everything else around it. So I really loved that. Um, oh, so many good things that I could talk about, but I'll let other people talk uh, I thought it was a, a a very wise idea that after the going, I think as far as you can go with live action in you know the Michael Bay movies and what they've tried before, I think it was a smart idea to try to go back to animation where you know I mean outside of the comics that where the turtles as a phenomenon were born was in animation. And I think it was smart to go back to that as we talk about animation as a medium. It allows you to do things that. You just can't do live action or if you do it live action, people, it pulls people out of the movie because it's because it's clearly special effects or it's clearly something that just couldn't work. You know, um, you know, maybe if Christopher Nolan ever does his TMNT, we can see what it really would look like to have living turtles. But, you know, animation just allows you to do to do the turtles uh, justice, as silly as that sounds. Um, Gary, you hit the nail on the head. They felt like teens. The characters did. They felt not just teens they felt like Gen Z turtles. Like they really, they, you know, they were dropping a lot of Gen Z lingo. Um, I did appreciate that if Paul Rudd as a character did introduce the idea of Cowabunga back to them. Uh, and so that works, but it, it, they also felt to me and a lot of series don't do this very well. A lot of the films don't do this very well. They really felt like brothers, but not, <clears throat> Oh, what always gets played on is the, the discord between Leonardo and Raphael and how Raphael's like serious and wants to like fight and Leonardo is trying to lead him, but like, you know, uh, fix him this film made all four of them feel like brothers like how they all like they all rag on leonardo because he wants to be he wants to be cool he wants to be a leader they had you know they had uh situations where they were trying to be cool in front of like a girl and it wasn't working for them and they had they had cell phones you know that my wife's like how do they get cell phones i was like oh babe people drop them down the grates somebody walking around new york and they actually fumble their phone it goes down the grate boom all they got to do is find a way to get SIM cards and pop them in. They're good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they could steal so, anything. So it felt more, it felt very modern without feeling like it was trying too hard. Um, there is a lot of referential humor in it. You know, they're the, they, they name drop, they, they name drop Mark Ruffalo, uh, the Chris's. Um, <clears throat> it is a Nickelodeon movie in that sense. There's a lot of gross stuff going on. A lot of paramount synergy. Yeah. Yes. There is a lot of, there's a lot of synergy there, but the turtles feel like the kind of characters that can make that work. 
Um, I think one letterbox, I didn't see the score, but one letterbox reviewer called it when the group chat meets in person, um, because it is very much that level of frenetic energy. And what Seth Rogen says they did is they recorded this, uh, they did group recordings as opposed to one person, one mic doing their lines, the person, you know, the, the script, uh, the script, uh, reader reading it back to them. They got them all in one room and just had them go through the lines together, had them improvise, had them riff off of each other, and it made it feel natural. So um, I think this was a really great job and uh, maybe the best. I think it's an argument can be made this is the best Ninja Turtles movie that's been made. Yeah, mic drop on that one. Yeah. And I think I agree, honestly. Um, I do think it's the best movie version of this franchise. And... It's one that I do hope gets to continue because it's it seems it seems worthy so far. Um, it does seem really inspired by Spider Verse, uh, Garrett. You mentioned you made a comparison to that. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I think um, Into the Spider Verse is probably going to end up being one of the most influential animated movies of this period of time um, mm-hmm. because we're just seeing more of this kind of more creative style that is getting away from the Pixar DreamWorks style of animation that was kind of like overly cartoony. Now Mm -hmm. it's having a more real look. This sketchbook look is really cool. Um, I also loved how disgusting everything was like yeah. did y'all notice that like new york was gross yeah not yeah. only was new york gross but every human was hideous yeah uh, and i don't know if that was a choice to kind of like juxtapose the turtles being monsters but they see humans as monsters or at least splinter does but i liked it like their eyes were not even level with each other no they're just gross um and then the you know big bad at the end is super gross. Yeah. Uh, it gave super me, duper gross. It gave me the same vibes I got in a Suicide Squad with that giant eyeball they had to fight, mm. oh, where I was yeah. just like, I don't want to watch it because it's making me feel icky. Yeah. Um, but I like that kind of risk in animated movies now. I, I like that. So it was cool. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no. I Go ahead. I was going to say, you know, the original um, Turtles comic anyway is gross and dark. And yeah, it's not yeah. the childish things that you get. And, you know, so that this does a good job of, of, again, being that bridge of it's it feels like a teenage movie and none of the other ones really have. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. These these really feel like kids. Um, the Michael Bay movies were especially guilty of just making them childish adults. Mm hmm. Uh, but, it, but this one, they really yeah. did feel like brothers. I feel like you could feel that group recording uh, going on because the camaraderie was there. They had personalities that I feel like we haven't seen in a long time. And not only that, but they actually had some like real depth to them as characters. Whereas mm-hmm. in the past, they're just kind of caricatures, especially those original uh, early 90s movies. Oh yeah, that uh, they, that just was saying catchphrases and stuff. I just I went back and I read my reviews for the uh, first three, or, or I, I should yeah, the ones yeah. from the nineties that we we've reviewed already. And one of the th- things that we I guess talked about was how the turtles seemed really interchangeable for the most part. Like they didn't really have 
even though yeah. they were supposed they to have their, their own, own catchphrases. Yeah, but like or, they could have easily just said them, all said the one same ones. Yeah, and, and I I liked here that so like traditionally it's like well you know, uh, you know Raph is the mean one and yeah. Donnie Donatello's the smart one, right? But they kind of expanded beyond that. Like Donatello like is into anime culture and he's mm-hmm. like uh, he's he's not he doesn't just. He's not just smart. He's like really good with just just general technology. He has specific likes. Raphael, he is more violent, but he's also, you know, that he's like, he's just kind of, I don't know. He's just kind of like. He's not out of control. Yeah. He has his own likes too. Like, so they, they all had their own, like they all felt like real, like rounded kids as opposed to just one, one character, one, one, uh, one personality trait. Yeah, yeah, they would always be because they are supposed to be four different things. The trope was always just lean into their own mm-hmm. portrayed characteristics. Right. And that is all the, the depth that you would get is mm-hmm. Raphael is angry. Michelangelo is likes pizza. Mm-hmm. Donatello has worked on a computer and mm-hmm. uh, Leonardo, yeah. he leads. Uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. And in this you get again, you see elements of those. But what this movie does really well is it again, it plays on the fact that its audience knows who the Ninja Turtles are. And so they don't have to just lean into it and they give you more. You can, you, we get it. They basically just treat it like a heist movie to some extent. Like every character has certain skills that they are Mm. good at and that is not their personality. And that is, I think the better way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And the, and the origin story we get in here, I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it didn't, last too long because because this is something that like everybody knows the ooze fell in the sewer and they became ninja turtles uh we don't need to see it all the time this was a little different um we got a much different take on splinter than we're used to he's Mm -hmm. like this really neurotic helicopter dad um Mm -hmm. who takes in the turtles when the when they get hit with the ooze and then we see what is i think the cutest animated thing since baby yoda uh i need baby turtles to be a huge hit yes uh, because the baby turtles were fucking great yeah they were like ugly and globular like yes donnie had these giant glasses that just yes. took up his whole head it was great i love the baby turtles um, yeah yeah I, this is a situation where i don't mind sort of diverting from the origin story that we've been told before you know, because in this version, um, you know, Splinter is just like a rat that was just like uh, scared of people all the time. And he learns they, they learn uh, martial arts from watching, you know, YouTube clips and YouTube old videos, VHS videos. And brilliant. Like Absolutely brilliant. Instead of instead of a rat in a cage mimicking his his master. <laughs> yeah, because you know, when we find out that that Splinter is, you know, kind of a dork, I yeah. was like. Okay, so how are they going to become ninjas? And yeah. then the way they sold it was fantastic. I yeah. totally believed that um, that his fear of humans would drive him to become a, a you know master ninja. It's awesome. It was is very funny. Yeah, and then he's also as a character, he's played by Jackie Chan, but it, like he's it's really layered in with really it's very funny. Uh, it's very heartfelt. You know, there is that kind of Seth Rogen level humor where he's talking about. Because I was an old rat, I was I aged into my twenties, and because you were baby turtles, you stayed baby turtles. And he goes, and if you think about that, it makes total sense. Like it just felt like a very, like, uh, you know, there's a little bit of that self awareness going on that you kind of expected from the the create the team that's the creative team that's in charge of this. Yeah, yeah. What do you? Um, I also like. Oh, 
I, I also like that they gave us a different villain, a brand new character mm, into the turtle burst, which is nice. That's what I was going to go into anyway. Um, it, it didn't rely on Shredder. It didn't give us the big bad right out the gate, and that right. is key. I always believe that people need to lead up to whatever big bad people know the best. You can't just lead with that. Um, mm-hmm. So this was really fun. It injected, again, a new element into the turtles. Ice Cube knocked it out of the park, was excellent in this mm-hmm. role as Superfly. He was mm-hmm. so good and funny and believable in like the way to take it over mm-hmm. uh, and, and like his hatred of humans and wanting them down. Uh, and, 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 and again, you, you, even that relationship gives you more of the element of family of, of a wanting to belong of a teenager looking for some kind of group to be a part of whenever you get that element of, you know, we were born out of the same ooze. We're basically family, you know, and then mm-hmm. that brings them together to, to hear this plan. And, and then they go to the bowling alley and, and deal with that. Like the whole thing was just, uh, well done and well, uh, presented for a new character into the entire universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved Superfly. I'm not familiar with him. I assume he's a known character, uh, yeah. but, but I don't know who he is. So I was, oh, really is he? I thought he was new. No, no. So, uh, no, no. So, um, his, uh, his, uh, here's, here's a little, here's the, here's the detail that I I found out about is that, uh, Superfly is actually, you know how in the beginning of this movie, there was a scientist who created Superfly. Well, Superfly is actually the scientist. Like he just turns himself into a giant fly. Um, but they decided to go a different way with that for this movie. Um, but apparently they decided, they made that decision so late in production that toys, because like stuff has to go to the toy people for like way before the movie gets finished. So the toys of Superfly have him wearing the lab coat and have him wearing like his uh, scientist uh, garments, which doesn't make sense for the movie as it comes out. But yeah, so Superfly is actually the scientist and not this little fly mm. baby. So that's 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 a change they made there. But yeah, that Josh, sorry, keep going. No, I I needed the background because yeah, I didn't know anything about him. Uh, so that was cool. I was glad to not have to sit through a shredder or a uh, uh, krang. I always krang. liked krang from the cartoon, the the, the floating brain. Yes, uh, or farting bebop and rock steady. You know, <sighs> that's the yeah, yeah. Uh, and I also didn't know a lot of the side characters, uh, the side character mutants. I did obviously. I knew bebop and rock steady. They were mm-hmm. huge characters in the cartoon show, uh, I think, but I didn't yeah. really. I vaguely remembered Mondo Gecko when mm. he was said, but it was like an unearthed memory. Uh, yeah. If you put a, if you had, you know, asked me before, I would have said, I don't know who that is. Uh, so I didn't know him. I didn't yeah. know uh, the scary cockroach. I don't know if that's a real character or not. I'm not <laughs> sure either. I, I I knew of Genghis Frog. Uh, great name. I had never name. heard of any of these side mutants either. And right. when they said Genghis Frog, I lost it. Um, I believe that in the cartoon, the old eighties cartoon we watched, Genghis Frog has three other three other frog friends, and they're the punk frogs or something like that. The punk um, frogs. It's sort of as a sort of as a parallel to the surfing tur- surfer mm-hmm. turtles because that was kind of their gimmick was they all had surfer lingo. Um, yeah, and then um, the other one that I wanted to point out that I kind of vaguely remember was uh, was Leatherhead, who's like a big crocodile. I kind of like vaguely remember seeing that toy, but I don't remember anything about ever seeing it before. How about uh, oh, a, what? Hang on, so, but I, I wanted to echo Garrett's thing about Ice Cube. Oh yeah, we've seen him in a few movies now, 
and nobody can go from hilarious to super threatening like ice cube like even as a voice in this movie like when he turned around he was like then that sounds like y'all aren't with us and i was like oh yeah that's that's bad that guy like he sounds he's he's very scary so like ice cube does a really great job of being menacing but also very funny when he needs to when he when he wants to be he's he's actually i think a very underrated performer agreed anyway josh in this movie yeah go ahead josh um, I was going to say, how about the April O'Neil we get in this, uh, movie played by AO Edbury, I believe, um, who has kind of blown up recently from being one of the stars of the bear on, uh, FX on Hulu. If you haven't seen that yet, check that out. If we did a TV mm-hmm. show podcast, we'd definitely talk about it. Uh, that's a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, and we get a different version of April that I than I think we've ever seen in the films. Uh, April is typically a like grown working journalist. Uh, mm-hmm. But in this movie, she's a teenager. She's a high school student. Um, she's uh, the same age as the Turtles. She is um, kind of an outcast at school. Uh, she's puke girl. Uh, April mm-hmm. will puke. But she's still a student journalist. So she's got that angle still. But uh, I would thought it was really, I liked it better, actually. I liked it much more having this be another kid. Because first of all, I feel like only another kid mm-hmm. would be like, yeah, you're a turtle boy. Mm-hmm. An adult would scream. <laughs> For sure. The I feel like the character, human characters, as they've been previously used in other Ninja Turtle movies have always felt like they is because they felt like they needed to have like an adult in the room or something like that for someone to say, now, now turtles, we must stop being so silly and go get the shredder or something like that. Like here, it just like, I don't know. There's something about it just kind of works. I mean, it makes sense for her to be a teenager and for her to be on their level for it just made them, it made her seem more natural as opposed to just being like a grown woman, you know, who's, already gone to through film through journalism school well most of these times um april o'neill just serves as the mother figure yeah she like she's a journalist she is a working person but in those early movies she's essentially just there to keep them in line yeah they're again they're not teenagers they are just adult children um but it does you know again a level of the all of these movies is again at some to some level they flirt with april whether it's joking or whether it's like you know a secret like crush or whatever but it feels weird for, for them to be like teenagers adults so to bring them on that level makes more sense again and mm-hmm. it provides that same perspective like we're getting teenage boys now we have a teenage girl into the mix and who is an important person and it is more believable in this day and age with the access to information that we have for a teenager to be seen as a journalist and to find a way to tell this story where mm-hmm. in previous iterations it may not have been. And then again, you know, in the Michael Bay movie, I don't remember much about what Megan Fox does specifically, but her big hook was that she owned the turtles is like when they were babies and then they escaped or whatever. And they were her baby. Turtles. Yeah. There was some element oh. like that wasn't there. She was yeah, also was a journalist, good. but it was like the worst. It was not that the, tur- Gosh. It, but it, it was like the worst depiction of what news journalism is. I yeah. think in terms of, and that, and that goes for the, was she a podcaster too? She wasn't a podcast. <laughs> it's just, oh, you guys, I don't know. I, I feel like I've seen the clips. She would just like, they just like make demands. Like if I run this story, I'm going to be the anchor for it or something like that. It's like, that's not how it works. Just that's not how it works. I can't even 
It's so silly Meant to remember. I'll yeah. never get over it's when we bad. watched the TMNT one. Um, they had a they had a shot reverse shot in a newscast, which is like that doesn't happen. There's no there's not two cameras on this person. There's, they don't get a camera shot of the reporter doing the interview. Anyway, no. uh, you no, know, on the steps of, on the steps of the courthouse. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I I really liked it. I know that Twitter really hated it or X. Uh, it's not really there. Not really their thing. She she's from a presentation standpoint, she's not Megan Fox, um, but she is um, closer to the original depiction of April O'Neil in those comics we talked about, those black and white comics that the Turtles first debuted in, where she sort of depicted as being uh, at the very least uh, mixed race. I think in the comics, she's like she looks more Asian or Afro Asian, something like that. So we're closer to that than you know we are in the the mini versions where she's just some white redhead. Yeah, I, I just really like that she she got a really integral part in the story, uh, served a real purpose um, beyond just helping the turtles, but also spreading her story and their story um, to kind of help herself as well. That was great. Uh, and I also love that the, the turtles themselves had real character driven uh, reasons for this movie to exist, you know, they want to be accepted by humanity and that's not really, <laughs> nothing of that depth is ever explored with Ninja Turtles. So not really, and, and what another great thing for like kids to see kids deal with that, you know, uh, kids absolutely deal with trying to feel like they're accepted at school or, or wherever else. And I feel like that also goes hand in hand with these Spider-Verse movies. They have really strong messages for kids. Um, about finding that, yourself or about, you yeah. know, knowing that you can set your own limits or you can set, you know, you're only competing with yourself in terms of that, that, that type of thing. Yeah. And here, yeah, the story yeah. of like, you know, you should want to, you shouldn't seek acceptance through some kind of weird, you know, some kind of like uh, big actions. You should just do what's right and then you know it'll pay it'll pay that you know i think i i do have one question who do we think the audience is for this movie though because you yeah. know again we all went together mm-hmm. and we are four 30 year old men we had two women who were in you know i'm not going to say how old they were but they're <laughs> you know with four 30 year old men and yes. uh, then there was you know some families uh they mm-hmm. were looked like you know a mother a father and a young young child mm-hmm. and then there was the family that showed in like 90 minutes late yeah they went to, they were looking for barbie i think um <laughs> went to the wrong theater and uh that was pretty much it in our theater so there wasn't a ton of people there. I don't know what the box office numbers are. We'll look at them later. But like, mm-hmm. who do we think the who do we think is going to go see this movie? Do we think it's going to be kids, or do we think it's going to be people like us who grew up with turtles and are like, oh my goodness, this looks like a fun, good version? So yeah. I think this is a I think this is a great movie because it's going to be both groups. Um, I I think this has enough appeal to the um, you know millennial male. And plenty to appeal to the um, preteen to slightly younger than preteen age uh, mm-hmm. of boys, mostly. Uh, I, I know that, like, I wanted to see it. My nephew wants to go see it. Well, uh, kids, I don't now, know. How old's your nephew? Seven. Seven? Okay. Well, you should take him and then update us with a yeah, review. I probably will. I probably will because um, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. 
You know, it's a good point that you made. It's a good point to bring it up because my wife and I talked about this is that um, the movies, it's not like overly complex in terms of like, there's a lot of exposition. There's a lot of people saying, you know, like um, there's a lot of uh, uh, the movie opens up with kind of two different versions of the backstory. You know, you get Superfly's backstory, then you get the turtles half of it, like not that long after. So it's very much, there's a lot of like easy stuff for kids to follow. Right. At the same time, I do feel like a lot of the audience is going to be people who grew up watching Ninja Turtles. That said, um, you know, I had a conversation with my, with my brother about today because he was thinking about taking his five-year-old son. And I was like, uh, and my wife, Nikki, pointed out, um, there is some pushing it language. You know, they, uh, there's there's some hells, there's some dams. Uh, Ice Cube says pissed off at one point. And, you know, if you're a parent and you're worried about like your five-year-old, six-year-old telling, your teach- telling their teacher that they're pissed off, you know, maybe, maybe this is, you know, something that you want to look into just yeah, before you couple, go. A couple more years, maybe. If you're a kid, if your kid has a little bit more uh, regulation of their language, right. perfect. You know, I think that they're going to like it. But I um, but it, I think it would be, you know, if you have like a seven year old, eight year old, maybe even a little bit older. I think, And I and I mean, everybody above, I think, will also enjoy it. Um, so I don't know who they're going for exactly. I kind of just feel like they're going for anybody who thinks they're a Ninja Turtle fans, you know? Like, I think they're just hoping to catch all of those people. Um, and I think that's the key. Yeah. I think, I really think, like, you know, I was thinking about it. I feel like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are the Muppets as well because they are kind of, they can span a gen, they can span generations, clearly, mm-hmm. find an audience, and they just have to be relatable. And I think that that is the key. I think that, I think this goes to families. I think it gets it, you know, people like us who are excited to see it on our own and have kids that we can enjoy this with. You know, I think that's where it's like, you know, maybe we as older people are excited, take our kids with us, and that's how they get in, excited into it, you know. Um, and then with this being a, a Nickelodeon movie, surely if with, I, I imagine the success that they will have, will try to turn it into a TV show. Or oh something. yeah, I, I think there's already plans for a spinoff show and a, and a sequel. Um, and we can talk about a little bit about that. They did, uh, spoiler alert, they did hint at uh, the Shredder for part two. So we will get the iconic villain at some, uh, maybe in the next film. But a spin-off TV show is kind of interesting too, because like it feels like it'd be too, I feel like unless they really change up the art style, it feels like it'd be really complicated to bring this art style to like a regular streaming show or or TV show. That's true. Uh, yeah, I just uh, wanted to double check that too. And I, I see that um, just this past month, uh, Tales of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, was picked up by Paramount Plus, which is going to be a spin-off series of this movie. So they already have plans to hopefully build a new turtle franchise off this. Yeah, like Empire. Um, all right. Well, any other any other final thoughts on the movie itself? I think we we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, biting topics you think, just had to get out. Trying to think if there's any last details. Um, Um, you know, we didn't talk about the the rest of the, you know, some of the rest of the cast, though. We did talk about Paul Rudd, uh, uh, Rose Byrne, Seth Rogen, John Cena, Hannibal Burris. They're all hiding in this movie. See if you can find them when they're in there. Um, Mr. Beast is someone in it as well. I don't know. I didn't even actually know who Mr. Beast is. I just know that I've heard that name before. On Yeah, most of the cameos uh, I didn't even catch until the credits rolled. Oh yeah, Post Which Malone's in there too. Thing. Don't forget about Post Malone. Post yeah, Malone is supposed to be. I but, prefer uh, him to Mr. Beast. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that's it. I think uh, really good, and we'll we'll 
get into our ratings here in a little bit as well. All right, well then, David, why don't you go ahead and tell us how this movie has fared in its opening weekend at the box office? Uh, how how has it done against week three of Barbenheimer madness? I'll tell you what, it is a tough, tough week at the box office. I'll tell you, it is a competitive week. There are lots of options for moviegoers. Um, so yeah, TMA, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem opened the weekend of August 4th, 2023. Technically, it had an early open on Tuesday, so I'll give you the five-day numbers here in just a second. Barbie is still number one for this weekend with $53 million. This is still Sunday estimates, so this number could fluctuate a little bit. Um, in the number two spot, Meg to the trench. Jason Statham, he's out here chasing yeah, Get the hell out of here right now. Get the hell no, out of here right now. embarrassed for America. Sitting in the number two spot as of right now, based on estimates. Ridiculous. Right. I watched the first one the other night, and it was a hot trash in a fun way, but not oh, enough yeah. to where it's worth the number two movie for this week. You know what makes this movie better? Is if I had a thing attached to my heart, and I had to keep my adrenaline up. Yeah. Anyway. Great movie. Meg 2. I don't know if that Statham impression was good for that long or not. But uh, Meg 2, right now, again, this could fluctuate. These these numbers, you know, Barbie the first week, they were off by $8 million with the estimate. So we'll... We'll see how it evens out. Um, and the number three spot remains Oppenheimer with uh, 27, 28.7. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles debuts in the number four spot with 28 million. Maybe it'll jump to number three by the end of the day. Uh, hard to say. And then you know, that's it crazy, up. though. You're telling me there's only a $2 million difference between four and two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, that like is I very said, competitive. I mean, ev- there are four movies that made more than $25 million uh, in, in one weekend. Like, there's, I, I would like, expect turtles to swap with meg next week it's high oh it's highly possible meg could drop. Uh, you know Nerd, ninja turtles could hang on better uh i think that's very possible um and then barbie will maybe finally drop into the 30s you know we'll no, see never we'll see if it drops down to like because uh, it only dropped about 43 percent new box office queen it's true she is uh she you know may hopefully the studios take away the right lessons from this and they're like maybe we should get more female directors to put their stamp on things well you know i saw earlier today the only two movies to make a billion dollars this year are barbie and super mario brothers that's true and you can you can make some inferences from what they will take with that information oh yeah no i i have a good idea what <laughs> they actually will do um and i got i'll tell you this right now we'll get a lot of toy later. movies this, I do think this movie, this animated movie, was better than Mario for me personally. Um, oh, and then rounding out the number five is Disney's Haunted Mansion. I got to see this this week, uh, and uh, not too bad, not too great either. Um, but it brought in eight point nine. Uh, having a rough time. Should have opened like third week of August, I think, and it, did, it would have done a lot better. Um, so that is your top five. Um, I said I would tell you that. So twenty eight million three day, um, but Ninja Turtles did open. On Tuesday, technically, so it's made forty-three million through its five-day run so far. Worldwide total of fifty-one million. Um, it'll uh, it'll probably end up finishing higher right now uh, with that fifty-one million. Uh, the Ninja, uh, this new movie is already the uh, fourth best Ninja Turtles movie that's ever made at the box office. The opening is pretty in line with most Ninja Turtle movies. The one that Michael Bay did. Uh, had the uh, highest opening, followed by uh, followed by the his the sequel to his movie, and then this one will finish right 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 at number three. So you know the Ninja Turtles actually haven't been the biggest box office draws in history. Uh, none of their movies are like overly big for the years they were released in. 
they i think that they, they just do well uh you know with their audience on home video stuff like that so uh anyway that's the that's the run for this week and i'll throw it we'll throw it to the letterbox game all right all right exciting uh i'm looking forward to seeing how it does i i hope it does well because i would like to see yeah. more of these turtles there is a lot mm-hmm. of august left and there's not a lot of other movies coming out so that's true that's true all right let's take a look at some of the most popular reviews of this movie currently on letterboxd and try to guess where we think the community lands uh the most popular review four stars yeah i'm gonna need at least 10 more of these (laughs) all right all right that is fair (laughs) um four stars honestly embarrassing that four teenage mutant ninja turtles who have never spoken to a human in 15 years of life have better social skills than i do (laughs) Uh, three and a half stars (laughs) spider-man into the spider-verse is the best thing that's happened to animation in the history of film there you go we talked there you go it is the Toy Story of its day. Toy Story changed changed animation in '95, and Spider Verse changes it again in 2018. Whenever that movie came out, four stars. The turtles are so teenage, and Splinter is so dad, and I ate it up. <laughs> and finally, my favorite review: four stars. Glad Hollywood has finally admitted that Chris Pine is the best Chris. Yes, yes, that was it a fun. That was decided. That was another live action movie. moment. <laughs> I felt vindicated because he is. Mine. He he can do it all. He's Sing, fantastic. Dance. And he's humble about it. Yeah. We well, well you know, I don't want to overpraise anybody. I'm always worried that something bad's about to happen. That's true. I'll be honest, during this whole Barbie phenomenon, I was yeah, like, right. I, I was like, Ryan Gosling's great. I'm really worried. Something bad's about to happen. He's gonna turn out to be a bad guy. I'm sorry if you just pre-canceled Chris Pine. <laughs> or or Ryan Gosling, either way. Uh, all right let's throw out some guesses here those are pretty good reviews i'll go first so you guys can can box me out if you want um i'm gonna guess it's at a 3.8 okay that's pretty good i was gonna go lower not much but a little i think it's gonna be at like three six okay then i might as well go three nine and hope for the best okay Mm -hmm. let's see we have a direct hit. <laughs> it's 3.8. It's David's direct oh, hit. Oh, my God. You know, I'm I almost, don't understand how you're doing this. I almost you can't keep I, getting away with this. <laughs> I even I even tried to let you go. I don't. No, the thing is, David, you have to go last. That's I honestly the key. Is that what he should when do? You, First, you have a wide swath. When you go last. What are the odds I would just nail it? I mean, that's true, you know, because like I was like, I was like, I think it's 3.7. I'll guess 3.8. And that way there's there's the chance that I'm wrong, because honestly, I'm tired of winning. You know, I'm. Uh, it's, oh, are it's, you? Are, are you? Are Are we going to get tired of winning? Oh, yes, yeah. I'm Tom so, Brady. Oh, yeah. I'm tired of winning, guys. You I'm know, so tired of winning. The thing. I don't know. Oh, my God. You know? You, you know, I've built this franchise up, you know, uh, any, and now we're, we're it's continued well, to you just know, get out of hand. At the end of the season, you can count it up and actually tell us what the odds are that you got a double, because uh, it's not the first. Um, let me see here. Uh, so I, got, I nailed that, right? So I got to put my little asterisk by it. You did. You, means, you got a 3.8. That is what got the Letterboxd community has rated. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. You know what? Um, I got to double check it because I was surprised. 
Uh, yeah, really high Rotten Tomato score, ninety six percent on the thermometer and ninety two right. from the audience. So I agree. Everybody seems to be loving Ninja Turtles. What do yes. our, what do we think? What is our final rating going to be? For me, it is four stars. I feel good there. Uh, it was really, really good. Um, and I would rewatch it in a heartbeat. I do think that there were, we didn't talk about any of the negatives. I thought that at times with the, with the way the animation style was, that it was so dark at times that I couldn't even really see what was going on. So, and it did have a, it was very fast paced and there's nothing wrong with that, but at times it was hard to process what I'm looking at. So uh, I give it four stars, solidly enjoyed this. One of my favorite animated movies of the year. Um, better than Mario. I wish this one would made, made a half billion. <laughs> Maybe it will. All right. Uh, I think I'm going to agree with, with you, David. I think I'm going to go with four stars as well as a four star Ninja Turtles movie. Um, I think it's it's following really well in the footsteps of Spider-Verse. It doesn't reinvent animation, so I'm not gonna give it a five, but I think it's I think it's deserving of a four. Yeah, I've been leaning towards a three and a half, but I think I'll bump it to a four just because of the animation. Yeah. Um, I think that it's I think that, that alone makes it worthy of being in the four star category for me. It is really cool. It's a really cool animation to watch. All yeah. right. Well, that concludes our first episode of Animated August. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem is a perfect, f- well, not perfect, but an even four from us. Um, so let us know what you think about it by checking us out online on Instagram at So Many Sequels Pod. Uh, we are also on Facebook um, and Threads and TikTok. So check those out. And you can get all those at so many sequels.com. Also, don't forget our Patreon where mm-hmm. if you are a supporter of the show there, you can get access to our Discord, where you can chat with us about movies, TV shows, what, uh, funny memes, we play games, all kinds of stuff. Uh, you can find that at patreon.com slash so many sequels. Uh, we'll be back next week with our next movie in um, animated August. Be sure to go check out our YouTube channel. You can watch our announcement video for this month where we talk about each movie we're going to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, let it end. Y'all bunga. <laughs>